Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, August 11th, and we're here at the Missouri Funeral Directors and the Bombers Association with our weekly webcast and podcast. Now, this past week, I've been out of the office almost all week visiting funeral homes, so I didn't have any time to really work up something super substantive, something legal, something procedural, something with the legislature or anything like that this week. So I thought I'd do something a little different, have a little fun and uh little history here, a little funeral directing history that you may have heard of. A lot of you out there are good historians, and so you may have knew this, but I didn't know this. And so for anyone else who didn't know this, I thought this might be interesting. Now, one of the things when you're going out and visiting all uh, different funeral directors and funeral homes, and we have them here at the convention or some of the meetings, every now and then you run into a funeral director who's not happy because they believe a competitor of theirs is poaching business, uh, grabbing families that they think should have belonged to them. Well, that's not a new issue. goes back hundreds of years, literally, uh, in uh, at least in Missouri and I'm sure other places as well. And so this is a story going back to the 1800s, about 1886 to be exact. And there was a funeral director uh, originally from Kansas, but had moved to Kansas City, Missouri, named Almond Stroger, St. R-O-W-G-E-R, Stroger, and uh, he was an undertaker in Kansas City, Missouri. And in his area, there was really just him and one other competitor that uh, covered businesses in that area, and he felt he was losing business to his competitor unfairly, and he couldn't figure out how that was happening for a while. And it really came to a head for him is when he read in the newspaper that a very good friend of his, someone that was very close to him, had passed away, and his competitor was the undertaker listed in the uh, obituary in the newspaper. And that really set him off. And after doing some snooping around, investigating, he found out that his competitor's wife was an operator at the phone company. And back then, now this is the late 1800s, Kansas City had telephones. But they were telephones where you picked up the receiver, you talked, you talked into the mouthpiece, and you got a live operator right then and there. And you had to tell that operator, uh, I want to speak to uh, you know, First National Bank. I need to speak with Sheriff Phillips at the sheriff's office. You physically told the operator who you wanted to talk to, and the operator then would plug in. You've seen that probably on old TV shows or movies with the wires and uh, uh, switchboards and clicking in like that. But back then, all you had was a phone like, like that where you talked into it, listened to it, and you physically told the operator who you would connect, wanted to connect to. And that operator, and they were mostly women, uh, the women, the, she would then connect you to the person that you wanted to. And uh, Mr. Stroger found out that his competitor, his chief competitor's wife, was one of those telephone operators. And so he determined in his own mind at least, is that what was going on is that when anyone called for an undertaker, she was connecting them to her husband, even if they asked for Stroger. No matter who it was they asked, she would connect him to her husband, so he was getting all the business. Uh, and obviously he got very upset at that. Whether, whether he was right or not, he was convinced that that was the case, and he went nuts about it. He got so upset. Now, what would you do in that situation? I don't know what you would do. 
Uh, of course, this was, you know, didn't have Facebook, didn't have the Internet, didn't even have a state board that you could file a complaint with at that time. Well, he got so mad, he went out and invented the first direct dial telephone. That's right. What he did was he went out and I, he had enough of a technical background, apparently, that he developed the direct dial telephone where instead of talking to an operator, you actually dial their phone number. Now, everybody had phone numbers, um, whether but they didn't usually use them because they just said, you know, connect me with Joe's Market. Now, you could tell the operator, connect me with 312 because the telephone numbers weren't very big back then because you didn't have very many uh, uh, telephones. But you could tell them the number, but usually you just told them, connect me with so-and-so. So he went and invented the very first direct dial telephone. How cool is that? And he then went up, uh, started a business that started producing these things. He had engineers, hired people that developed it. But even uh, even after it was developed and the patents were filed, that was the basis for all direct dial telephones up until we really switched to, um, you know, the push button phones in the 1960s. It was called the Stroger circuit. Uh, that was the circuit, although it, it was modified and improved over the years. That was the actual basis for all direct dial telephones from the late 1800s all the way into the early 1960s when they started going more digital and having the push buttons. How crazy is that? Well, he kept that business going for a while. Eventually, he left it. There was a dispute amongst his, later on, his, his daughter claimed that he didn't get all the royalties he was supposed to get out of the company. He didn't uh, get as much money as he was supposed to out of his invention, and other people profited from it. There's, that's another story that you hear a lot uh, from inventors. He wound up moving to St. Petersburg, Florida, and guess what? He went back to undertaking. He was an undertaker then in St. Peter's, uh, Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida, for a long time until he passed away. And as a matter of fact, if you go there today, you can do a Google search and you can find his uh, gravesite and his headstone. And at some point, I believe it was in the 1930s, uh, long after he died, the telephone industry went out and put a plaque on at the bottom of his headstone on top of his grave, uh, honoring him. Uh, for the inventor to be the inventor of the direct dial telephone. Well, that's, that tells you how upset he was at somebody uh, poaching his business. He went out and invented a whole new way to use the telephones, just out of spite, in a sense, uh, that uh, he was so upset because apparently, in his mind, Pete, his competitor's wife was using the switchboard to direct people to his competitor, and even if they ask for his funeral home. Would you go that far if you thought something like that was happening in your area? I don't know many people that would, That he, but he certainly did. So here's to a Missouri funeral director who changed the way everyone dialed their telephones, where instead of asking for a particular person or reading a number to an operator, you could actually dial 312 or 206 or whatever it was way back when. So that's just as a really brief today. Again, 
Don't have, didn't have a lot to give you today because I've been out all week, but I ran into this little bit of history that I never heard of before. And it's unusual I, that I hadn't heard of this because I used to work a long time ago for Southwestern Bell, way back in my young, young days. So you think I would have uh, learned this somewhere along the way, but just came across it. So Missouri Funeral Director, Missouri Undertaker, changed the entire world because somebody stole some of his business. <laughs> so next time, next time you're upset at something that's going on, whether it's a uh, uh, part of your business or part of life, uh, think about think about Mr. Stroger and how he dealt with this problem. He didn't just get mad. He didn't just get angry. He didn't just complain to somebody. He went out and by golly did something about it. And talk about thinking outside the box. He was thinking outside the dial. So again, this is just a little brief one here. Hope you have a great weekend. Um, hope that everybody stays safe. Everybody stays cool or dry, depending on where you're at. We'll have more for you upcoming next week and maybe something a little more, uh, a little more substance to it uh, than today. But didn't want to go this week without at least saying hello to everybody and give somebody a little tidbit of something that maybe you didn't know, but uh, it's pretty darn interesting, both in the history of undertaking and the history of the telephone. So that's all real short today, but have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, as always, stay safe.